The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Katie Mox and Will Brinson here. And as you know, this is our All 32 series, the series where we catch you up with insiders to give you all of the information that you need on every NFL team. And today we are talking Buffalo Bills with Bills Beat Reporter for Syracuse.com, as well as the host of Shout Podcast, Matt Perino. Matt, thanks so much for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm getting a little bit anxious here. I was just telling Will, what are we like, a little less than... 12 days from the start of training camp. The the summer vacation's almost over. I'm ready to get going here. Um, yes. I can't wait. I think what's interesting about the Bills is that, um, I mean, do you, is this a, like, or actually, you know, I'll ask Josh Allen first because I put him in tears. I like to, I like to promote my quarterback tears article because I'm a <laughs> self, I'm extremely self indulgent. Uh, Josh, <laughs> like Josh Allen, no doubt, no brainer, easy pick for that first tier for me. I got, I was surprised. Like he was of the tier one, of tier one is Mahomes, Burrow, and Allen. That's it, right? The pushback I got was one, Mahomes needs to be in his own tier, which whatever, that's fine. And then two, some people said that, suggested that Josh Allen should, could even be in tier two, which I thought was a little crazy. Um, we're you know digging into it a, a bit, and it's like Brian Dable leaves, Daniel Jones takes this big step forward, and Josh Allen's turnovers go up. Is there any concern you think with Ken Dorsey, um, or is that really more of like first year as a play caller adjusting to life with Josh Allen? Like, is there anything to worry about on that front when it comes to the quarterback and the OC there? Well, I think that they they had to work through a lot of things, and one of the things that I think that has been said this off season that really opened my eyes a little bit was Isaiah McKenzie did the Tyler Dunn podcast. And he was talking about his impressions of that first year with Ken Dorsey. And he said, he's got kind of that aggressive gunslinger mindset mm. as a play caller. And so you saw a lot of deep shots last year. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes the, the offense takes the personality of the play caller. And I think one of the things that Dable did so well was really finding a way to matriculate the ball down the field consistently, find different ways. McKenzie specifically, like in that gadget role over the last couple of years, 
he wasn't doing much of any of that last season. They were missing that. So I think Brandon Bean is really good at evaluating when things go wrong, fixing them, right? Like early on in his tenure, he had Kelvin Benjamin, he had Andre Holmes, bigger body catch point guys. And then they went to the Smurfs model, right? John Brown, Cole Beasley, <laughs> and it worked, right? They, that's their term, not mine. And so I think what they did last season was figure out, all right, what's going to work with Ken and what do we have to figure out to add those elements that maybe we lost from the offense when Dable left. So they go out and they draft Dalton Kincaid. They go out and pay a lot of sneaky money to Deontay Hardy, who was really good in new Orleans a couple mm. of years ago. If he could stay healthy, I think they want him to be good. So is there concerns? Sure. Um, but I think he's going to has the potential to be better in year two. Dorsey does. And he has one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. It's funny. You mentioned that about, you know, people wanting to kind of tear him down. Now it's so quick. We forget we're literally less than two years removed from one of the best two game runs in playoff NFL history. He had nine touchdowns in those two games. If they had gone on, I'd, I'd have been curious to see if he could have taken a run at the all time NFL passing mm. playoff record of 13 touchdowns. I mean, I don't know, Brinson, any, and I feel like you've got a follow-up to that one about Josh Allen. No, I mean, I think that like, I, I think I'm surprised it. Oh, well, his follow-up was to to leave us. All right, well, Matt, <laughs> let's, let's move on from Josh Allen then. That is so Brinson and actually hilarious to happen. But all right. <laughs> I love it. What? Yeah, I do too. What is going on with the Stefan Diggs drama uh, this offseason? Like, why are the Bills vibes so weird right now? Spent a lot of time thinking about this, and we don't have a lot of information to go off of, right? There's all of these various reports that we've heard over the last couple of weeks and months and leading up to minicamp, I mean, Sean and Brandon really downplayed this whole thing. And our lasting image for the offseason was Diggs, arms raised, screaming at Josh Allen on the sidelines against Cincinnati. And so members of the local media like consistently brought it up over the course of the offseason and it was kept at bay. Like everything's fine. Diggs is decompressing and then he shows up and it goes uh, haywire a little bit. I think Diggs, he, he's an answers guy, right? Like he wants answers for his questions. And when he first got here, they went to the AFC title game. Everybody remembers the image of him watching the Chiefs celebrate their trip to, trip to the Super Bowl. They get really close the next year, almost ending in a better way, right? The only reason they lost is because their offense couldn't get on the field last and Patrick Mahomes got the ball last. And then you go to 2022 when they bring in Von Miller, all the chips are on the table. And it almost feels like you took a step back in the way that you lost to Cincinnati. Now, there's a lot of reasons for why the season ended that it did. But if you're Stefan Diggs and you didn't like the way the offense evolved over the course of last season under Ken Dorsey, maybe you have a lot of questions and maybe those questions weren't being answered adequately and they had to get in a, in a room, close all the doors, do a little yelling and screaming like a lot of, uh, I, I think, families, right, have to do sometimes yeah. when you're around each other as much as they are. So I don't know. They're 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 selling it as if it's much to do about nothing. Deion Dawkins was just on uh, a, a radio show. Josh Allen was on a podcast. They're all doing the PR thing, right? But yeah, I yeah. think Sean McDermott saying he was very concerned was something that got my attention for sure. Yeah, it was. It's almost like it's this weird. So I keep I keep the reference I keep using is the '90s Bad Boys Pistons. Like that's the that's the Chiefs mm -hmm. and the and the and the and the Bills are the, are the Bulls. Um, and I'm not saying Josh Allen's Michael Jordan, but you know, I mean, dude has the <laughs> skill set to be like insanely great. It's just like the, like the, it's like the chiefs 
sort of it's and, and the Bengals now too maybe a little bit. It's like it's like the it's they've been so close, mm-hmm. and it's and this is a this is a franchise that you know the four Super Bowl losses in a row, and then you know just really mediocre performance for the most for the most part for like a, a lengthy time. Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean come in and turn him into a contender, and it's like we're always so quick to say. Like, why can't you take that next step? Like, where's that next step? Why can't you take it? And it's 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 hard to do that in the NFL, especially when Patrick Mahomes is in your conference. It's even harder, you know, it's where it's like, you know, like it, it internalizes as well. Like, Diggs wants to take that next step, but it feels like that's the issue. Do you feel like maybe because last year is the prohibitive favorite, do you feel like maybe this year with all that's going on this offseason, everybody's pointing as like, oh, the Bills are going to be down, that maybe there's this like sneaky chip on the shoulder and maybe there's a little less pressure than there has been in years past? Oh, it's not sneaky, Will. I mean, that chip is on the shoulder. I mean, I think Sean McDermott is reveling in all of this, right? Yes. You know, pick pick against them. Think that him have taken over the defense is going to cloud things in their in their building. I think this is exactly the position that they want to be, and it's why it's led me to saying that I think with an even stronger roster top to bottom on both sides of the ball this year, and you can't project healthiness, right? Like Michael Hyde goes down, Poyer played hurt all year last year. If that happens, they potentially could struggle. Although getting Taylor Rapp was a sneaky way to mitigate against those kind of possible problems. But I think you you make a great point. I mean, look, look around the league at all of the elite quarterbacks, the elite teams, right? Patrick Mahomes has pretty much owned this thing. And Tom Brady snuck one in. You know, the Rams went out and got a veteran quarterback in Matthew Stafford with a ready-made roster. But other than that, I mean, it's hard to win Super Bowls. And sometimes I think getting (laughs) – going through the pain of all of this. Deion Dawkins said it, I think it was yesterday on The Hurt, that going through all of these, like these these heart-wrenching losses, um, I I think basketball is the – I use it all the time, the great – um, example of teams over the years, franchises that had to go through these hurt. I mean, I grew up in the the, the Dallas Mavericks, Phoenix Suns, Dirk Nowitzki, Steve yeah. Nash era when they were just the, the Sacramento Kings losing and losing and losing before you finally start to break through a little bit. And Dallas, it took them a couple of years. They finally won that one championship. But I think they're right there. And Leonard Floyd is another guy like nobody's talking about this edition because it happened late June or early June, right before mini camp, we get into this quiet part of the off season. But if you go back to the beginning and look at some of those edge rushing um, lists for free agents, Floyd was kind of at the top yeah. of the list in terms of guys that you can go out and get. He wants to be in a situation where he could chase a Super Bowl, And he all of a sudden becomes probably your number two behind Von Miller, Greg Rousseau. There's a lot of hope for him. He had eight sacks last year, took a step up from his rookie year, and he's probably going to grow even more. But you know, without a shadow of a doubt, what Leonard Floyd has done in this league. And I think that you feel comfortable about that. They've done that in a lot of different position rooms. And I think that that's where you have to be most excited if you're a Bills fan. Let's talk about Von Miller, actually, Matt, because I think a reason why the Bills didn't go as far as they were projected to go last season was when Von Miller went down. And it does feel like his ACL tear is something that the Bills are going to want to monitor for the rest of this offseason and probably early in the year. Last year, they were aggressive about not playing him too much in blowouts. Should we expect to see more of that? Um, Are they going to kind of slowly ramp him up? Uh, What do you think a snap count is going to look like early on? Yeah, I, I don't I don't expect to see him for the first month of the season, maybe even into that, you know, week really? six area. Like he I think he's even being smart about it. Like he remembers years ago in Denver when he really pushed 
to get back. And I think when you do that, sometimes, you know, you, you deal with more setbacks uh, on the other end of it. So I think they're going to take him really slow. I think that's one of the things that motivated them to give a little money to Floyd. And now you have this really nice situation where you can lean on Floyd in the meantime. Rousseau is a guy that you're projecting to take another jump. I don't know if he's going to, you know, reach that next tier necessarily, but he's a really consistent pass rusher. He's great against the run. His length is a problem. And then behind him, you have a couple question marks, AJ Epinesa and Boogie Basham, who second round picks that just haven't figured it out quite yet. But man, I've been going back and watching some of the the games from last season. Shaq Lawson was so sneaky good for them Mm. last year. We don't talk enough about him. No, nobody wanted him this off season. I mean, he just, Stayed on the market, stayed on the market, fitting him in as a fourth, maybe fifth edge rusher, a former first round pick. That's such a luxury for a team whose defensive line already, I think, has the potential to be better once Von Miller gets back. They were they were better against the run last year, but they weren't great. Go back and watch some of those regular season games, win against the Chiefs, win late against the Dolphins. Both those teams ran on them. Daquan yeah. Jones help things, but I think Puna Ford coming over from Seattle, another sneaky, sneaky yeah. under the radar one. He's going to take that to another level. So they're stronger, it seems like, everywhere. The one question remains is Tremaine Edmonds, him going on to Chicago, who ends up being the middle linebacker. They're probably going to have to rely on a very young, young, inexperienced player unless they want to do A.J. Klein, who's played a lot of snaps for them over the years. But I think they want to go younger and faster, and that's why they drafted Dorian Williams. That's going to be interesting to see. But Von Miller is put him on ice until maybe even like late October, early November. I think I think that's probably smart. All right, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, the uh, questions about the offense and the positions mm. of running back and tight end. We'll talk about that next. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. So, Brandon Bean mentioned, and I, I like how you, you you referenced Bean as you know when you're talking about the the play calling stuff with with Ken Dorsey because I think it um it's probably a little under the radar in the sense of how much like Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott remind me the the way that they work together reminds me of Pete Carroll and John Schneider does that seem fair like yeah. they like they I mean Brandon Bean was under Dave was Dave Gutman's right hand man in in Carolina. Sean McDermott was the defensive coordinator there. And then, you know, they jumped, they didn't jump at the same time, but essentially together, like they had to, um, McDermott had to do the, go through the rigmarole of Doug Whaley because he was ensconced in that, in that front office and brought Brandon Bean up. Um, How much of it, like, do you think, so Brandon Bean, I'm not like he's like telling what plays to call or anything like that, but he is, I I think that that's that, that the way that they work together like that is really interesting and talk about the offense and like Dalton Kincaid, he's like, Dalton Kincaid's gonna be out there. We're going to split this guy out. Mm -hmm. I mean, so it's sort of a larger question about Brandon B, but also curious how Dalton Kincaid specifically uh, will, will fit into that offense. So it's so interesting. I I love this conversation because it's one of the number one storylines I'm tracking over the course of this season. They have a blueprint set up that didn't quite really work last year with Brandon Bean trading up and drafting Kyer Elam and then him getting beat out by a six round draft pick and Christian Benford to start Mm. the season. Now they split time, but it was never Kyer Elam's job. And I think if you take a cornerback or really any skill position player on either side of the ball, 
the expectation is that you put them in a situation to have success. I mean, you look at the Chiefs last year on their run to the Super Bowl. They just took their lumps with all their rookies from round yep. ones to round seven, especially in the defensive side, to just get them used to things. And Elam, I just never felt like he got comfortable. And even going into this offseason, there's question marks again. Like, is Kyer Elam going to win that second cornerback job? I don't know. Christian Benford looked great in the spring. They brought back Dane Jackson because he's that valuable veteran. But I think there's got to be a little bit more synergy between the coaching staff and Brandon Bean because he's mm. getting heat for his drafts the last couple of years. And I think you have to be able to pair the evaluation with the plan for the player. So if they traded up and drafted Dalton Kincaid and we get to week one against the Jets and he gets a target or two for 10 yards on one mm. catch, Bill's Mafia's good, head's going to explode because that's just not <laughs> going to work. This guy, Daniel Jeremiah, was sitting there on the broadcast saying, the NFL doesn't know what they're in for. Well, if you are Brandon Bean, you're probably looking over the, the table at Sean McDermott, Ken Dorsey, and saying, you better make them pay because we traded up, we gave up assets for this guy. It's an easy fit. There's a There should be a plan for him. Ken Dorsey is playing coy about it all. Uh, he was asked about it at his press conference. What's the plan for him? He's like, well, he's got to get to learn us. We got to get to learn him. Hmm. We'll see what happens. Well, no, no, no. You're not going to see what happens. You got to get this guy in the field, find a way for him to upgrade that intermediate short area, that slot presence. And Hardy maybe can do it. Sherfield coming over from Miami, he can be a piece of it. But Kincaid is a serious asset that he drafted him to be a playmaker and a difference maker in that area, take some of the pressure off Stefan Diggs. So I wonder if that was part of the conversations that they've had over the last couple of weeks and what he could mean for Diggs. Bill's Mafia is not a franchise that I would want coming down at no. my neck. Like, in, like, yeah, easily, easily top the, five. I don't want for I don't want them mad at me. For, like I don't want no fans. Yeah. yeah, if y'all if y'all are falling on tables for fun, I don't want to know what happens when you are pissed off. Yeah. But in looking at the the backfield, when you see the running back position, do you think that the Bills are set with James Cook and with Damian Harris? I, I love the approach that they've taken at this position, and they had kind of like you know, an ace in the hole in Naheem Hines. They never really unleashed him last year in the offense. Oh. Like they didn't figure out a way. I think one of the conversations that they probably had this off season is like, okay, how do we fix that? Cause we traded a fifth and Zach Moss to go get this guy. And then we only used him really on special teams. He had the one touchdown against the dolphins on a nice reception from Josh Allen, but that's where he's great. Like getting him involved in the passing game. And they got to find a way to do that more with him and James Cook, which they drafted him to be, right? Like, remember Brandon Bean talking about, hey, I just loved his tape, him catching balls 15, 20 yards down the field. Well, they didn't do much of that with him even last year. I think he's going to be the featured back in terms of how many touches he gets, but I think there's competition there with Damian Harris. I, I think Damian Harris is going to come in here on a one-year deal. It's a contract year. He knows he's got to perform. And Ramondre Stevenson just basically took over that yeah. backfield the last couple of years in New England. And I think now... I think I'm if I'm Damian Harris, I'm starving for opportunity because James Cook, smaller guy, how is he going to handle the workload? He was banged up a little bit at times last year. There could be huge opportunity. And then they doubled down in that style of back going out and getting Latavius Murray, who wants to be in Buffalo, grew up in central New York, Syracuse, mm. shout out Syracuse.com. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he's in here now. And I think you could be in a situation where you keep those three backs, the first three I talked about fit Latavius Murray at his age, maybe on the practice squad is one of those kind of guys that hangs out when you need me, call my number. I don't want a lot of early season carries and he could be a really big piece for them. Maybe in November, December, depending on how healthy they stay. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a, uh, it's, it is interesting because they've like, they, you keep expecting them to like 
everybody's like they're gonna spend a first round pick on a running back it's like they don't they don't they don't do that like they're right. not like you know like everybody everybody thinks that's gonna happen um we talked about the defensive side of the ball. All right, so like, I mean, the win totals and the the division odds. I've yeah. been on oh, division yeah. odds because I've been I've been beating this one into the yes. into the freaking ground. I mean, win totals fine too. Um, I said that I think the Bills are the Bills to win the AFC East now plus one twenty five. Shout out to me for moving it from one thirty to plus one thirty to one twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> the Brinson um, model strikes again. That's right. I mean, to me, Matt, this is like. Last, it's it's a, not the full version, but sort of very similar. Last year with the Chiefs, they closed at plus one sixty to win the AFC West. They win it by like Thanksgiving. They run away with it, and it was because the Chargers added um, Khalil Mack, the Raiders added Devontae Adams, the Broncos added Russell Wilson, and they traded away Tyreek Hill. And it feels like this is sort of similar, where you know the Pats are eight to one. Nobody's really considering them, but like the Dolphins are a very popular team to possibly win this division, and the Jets trade for Aaron Rodgers, and you know they are the team of the offseason. This is the Aaron Rodgers Jets offseason, and the Bills are just sitting there at plus one twenty five as the best team in this division for the last few years, the team that took it took it away from Tom Brady and the Patriots. They said, nah, this is ours now, and punched him in the mouth late in the season. Uh, not afraid to run it up on Belichick. Am I insane for thinking this is like one of the best values on the board for the entire NFL preseason? No. Um, I will say that I do like that action on Miami. Yeah. Um, before yeah. I get to Miami – the the New York Jets Bills fans if I'm sitting at home and I see the news the last couple of days that they're going to be on hard knocks oh my gosh I was celebrating yes. that <laughs> as much as I could because now you're going to not only have Aaron Rodgers under the microscope and how he's interacting with people but Robert Sala like sometimes this puts more pressure on the coaches to have yeah. their whole deal I mean Hugh uh, Jackson Cleveland a couple of years ago just melted down with that whole operation <laughs> on hard knocks and I just Robert Sala is a good coach, and I think he's done a really good job. I think guys like playing for him. But now, like, all it's so much more pressure when now you have the guy that's supposed to put you over the top. They have a great defense, but can they stay a great defense? That's always a question year to year. They have really good players. Um, offensively, they've done a lot of good things. But when you're crowning a team that's going to put out a almost 40-year-old quarterback to be the savior and he didn't look great last year, that's big trouble. Miami, on the other hand, they went out and we've talked about this in the podcast so much. Vic Fangio, you cannot understate how yep. important an addition that is. On top of now getting Jalen Ramsey, the Jalen Ramsey yeah. piece is one thing, but I think they're going to be better in their front seven, which is going to make potentially Jalen Ramsey even more. And plus, he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder after what happened last season. And so he's probably going to want to prove things. And when two is healthy, they're great. And so they're going to be, I think, the number one problem in this division for the Bills. They both have really tough schedules. I think it's going to come down to the last week. But to your point, plus 125 for a team that I think you can make an argument has the strongest roster in the NFL or at least in the top five um, against a Miami Dolphins team that still hasn't gotten over the edge. And even last year, yeah. if you go back and watch that game in Buffalo against Miami, they had every opportunity to win that game. Tyreek Hill drops, Jalen Waddle drops. Uh, Tua just missing on throws. It gets hard in December in this division. And don't count out the Patriots from being a really annoying pest in this yeah. division. The defense is going to be better. If Mac Jones is just average, consistently average, they're going to be a pest in this division. 
All right. Uh, Before we let you get out of here, I do want to ask you about Josh Allen, because we talked about him at the top of the show before uh, Brinson abruptly left us there. Uh, It seems like he's going to do better this year. We look at some of his uh, regular season props, passing yards, 4,300 and a half is the line. Regular season touchdown passes, 32 and a half. Rushing touchdowns, six and a half. How are you betting Josh Allen ahead of the season? Well, first and foremost, I really like uh, the over on the passing yards. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think with this offense, if people stay healthy and the adjustments that they're set to make, and I think if Ken Dorsey takes a step in year two, like, I think you kind of really crush that number. Um, you always okay. got to take the over on rushing touchdowns. He is just the yes. weapon. I don't care what he says. I don't care what anybody in the coaching staff, the front 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 office says when they get down in the red zone, the dude sees red and he, and sometimes (laughs) it's not even like a scripted play. It's like, he sees something I'm going. And I wonder sometimes how much that frustrates Diggs. If maybe there's plays to be had for him and Allen just like goes into uh, fullback mode and just pisses everybody off. But um, including Brandon Bean, who I've heard, and he's actually said this, um, you can hear him if you sit close enough to the box, the, the suite they sit in during the game, <laughs> screaming when, when Josh Allen runs with the ball uh, and takes big hits. He's but like, get I, down! I, yes, <laughs> get down! I think there was one game where him and Terry Pagula, you could hear both of them going back and forth. It's pretty funny. But I, I really like both of those numbers, and I just think this is going to be a more efficient offense. Um, I think Ken Dorsey is going to have more answers when teams take things away because I think he has more weapons. I mean, there's no excuses. Also, sneaky, this offensive line is going to be better, I think. Mm. Connor McGovern, mm-hmm. I've watched a lot of him. He is a sp- superb upgrade on an old Roger Saffold. I love the signing when they brought in Saffold. He was just too old. He gave up 42 pressures last year, bunch of sacks. He was a real problem on the interior. If you now have a really good young pass-blocking left guard there, and maybe the rookie who some considered the best guard in the draft, and Osiris Torrance at right guard between pro bowlers, Mitch Morse, Deion Dawkins at left tackle, and then you hope Spencer Brown, the project, uh, kind of figures things out this year. I think their offensive line is going to be better. So they should be better everywhere, and they still have Josh Allen, like we said. Well, all signs point to overs for Josh Allen then. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us today. Matt Perino, you can check out his articles on Syracuse.com. You can also follow him on at Matt Perino on Twitter. And uh, thank you so much again for uh, for being on with us today and talking bills. And make sure that you stay tuned for more from our All 32 series, the daily drops in your podcast feed and on YouTube. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe if you're watching this video. And again, Matt, uh, thank you so much. I personally have bet on Bill's futures the last couple years and they've burned me, but uh, maybe maybe I got to get back on the horse. Maybe I got to get back on the horse. Ride it back. I always say I don't give fantasy or betting advice. I just give you betting hints that often are wrong. So sorry. Appreciate that. All right. Thanks. Appreciate it, buddy. Take care.